XL, Charlotte Sports Live. Now the shot, deflected in the goal! Would this finally be the night Charlotte FC won their first match in more than a month? Certainly looked that way in the first half against Cincinnati, but folks, as we know, looks and be deceiving. However, what you see here is the real McCoy. He's Gabe <laughs> McDonald. I'm Mike Lissette, and this is a very informative edition of Charlotte Sports Live. I love the intro there, yes. the real McCoy. You got it. You got it going on tonight, here. Mike. And we have a whole lot to get to over the next half hour. We're going to discuss the Hornets at the halfway mark of summer league action. Plus, we'll settle once and for all who has the best chicken sandwich in all the land. But we start on the pitch. The bank was rocking as Charlotte FC returned home for a matchup with huge implications, Mike. Yeah, winning against the top team in the East would certainly be nice, especially since the crown are without a victory in six straight matches. That includes four draws in a row. They did get off to a good start against Cincinnati. 14th minute, Kerwin Vargas setting up Carol Stradersky. Centering pass was on the money, as was the goal. Of the season. It was so nice, she actually got Batman to smile. <laughs> 1 nothing Charlotte. Nine minutes later, Galen Lindsay this time hits Fredersky and his shot deflects in. It's an own goal. Make that two for Fredersky. More importantly, make that 2 nothing Charlotte. Problem is, at that point, there was a lot of time left, and the other Queen City took advantage. They scored two goals in the second. Here's the one that tied it. Alvaro Barrial getting the equalizer off a fantastic move. And how frustrated do you think Christian Latanzio is right now? 2-2 the final. That is now five straight draws for the crown. And once again, in three of their last four matches, they actually had the lead. Yeah. They're, they're giving up leads. They're taking their foot off the yeah. gas. And that's the main thing we talked about when we previewed the matchup earlier. It's like, they're able to get those early leads, but in the second half, they just fall flat. And the big thing is, since he was actually down a man for the last 15 yes. minutes of the match, you got to take advantage of, be of them being shorthanded and not being able to do that. All these draws, man, like, it's, we're not painting pictures here. Like, we, we got to get a dub. You, you remember point. last summer, I mean, they, were, they, they played it close down yeah. the stretch. They were struggling. There was sore inconsistencies. Yeah. Then they turned it on, and they just missed out on the playoffs. Yeah. If they're not careful, I mean – Assuming they can yeah. turn it around, if they're not careful Sitting and they do turn right it around, now. they're not going to be able to get in the playoffs again for the second year That's in a row. That's the thing. There's a lot of ground that they got to make up. Hopefully, they can snap this winless streak at some point pretty soon. Meanwhile, for the Hornets, another sour result in summer league action as they drop to 0-3 after another loss to the Spurs. This one, of course, saw French phenom Victor Wembanyama make his debut. Despite the loss, though, Charlotte did show some improvements after falling in both of their games in Sacramento. Most notably, second overall pick Brandon Miller bounced back after a rough performance against the Warriors, where he had just six points and eight fouls. A double-double for Miller yesterday, 16 points and 11 boards, along with three steals. And with more time on the floor, Miller can steadily feel himself improving. We know shots are going to fall, um, you know, but you just can't stop shooting. You just got to you know, take some more shots, I think. Um, other than that, we're going to be great. As a whole, I think we did even better. Um, I think we just grow day by day, like I've said, and just, you know, go out there and compete as hard as we can just to, you know, um, just to show our talents and get wins. I like what Brandon's doing. I just want to see his, you know, motor a little bit more like he did today. Again, he had a little bit more pop uh, than, than the first two games, and hopefully that's um, uh, an indication of what we're going to see, you know, going forward. I think the big thing with last night, you saw, you know, certain improvements from certain guys, but – I still don't think we're seeing enough structure. Obviously, it is something oh. these guys are getting to learn, but it's like it's like playing a, just a pickup game, honestly, out there. That's and, what it feels like. And here's the thing. For anyone 
worried about Miller a little bit. He's not playing with the best talent yeah, right now. Ex- I mean, exactly. I think guys are not cutting, guys are not moving without the basketball. Yeah. That certainly makes his life a little tougher to find the shots True. that he wants coming off of cuts because he is a shooter. Now, I will say, last night, it felt like a statement game for him because he oh, was yeah. coming off that really bad game. For him to come out and sort of take that challenge of yeah. going against the top pick in the draft and Victor, I like to see. No, him. he definitely had to, and he certainly held his own as well. Yeah. So hopefully he can build off that. He got three more games to go next week. Oh, from talking about the summer league season to the regular season, and there is going to be a lot of changes coming. The long-awaited mid-season tournament is set to make its debut, and we've got details on how it's going to look. Much like the World Cup, we have a group play to start things off. Teams are sectioned off by conference and placed in six divisions of five based on their conference records from last year. The Hornets are the East Group B. They are joined by Milwaukee, New York, Washington, and Miami. Group games will actually take place on Tuesdays and Fridays during the month of November, with each team getting two games at home and two on the road. The group winners plus two wildcard teams will then advance to the knockout stages. When we get down to four teams, the tournament then moves to Las Vegas for the semifinals December 7th, and then the championship game on December 9th. The winner gets the new NBA Cup, Plus, its players will take home $500,000. Gabe, this was supposed to be a 25-second reader. Yeah. It became a minute reader because there's, there's a lot of details yeah, There's a lot to break down. Now, you look at the groups. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see because I think when you factor in, obviously, the money. I mean, each player getting half a mil, they're going to play for that. But do you really I, think? Do you really? I mean, that is like – I mean, I mean I'll, the, I'll play for $20. Yeah. It's big to me. Now, but, does, I mean – To some of those guys, it's nothing. It's, but I think still it's like these guys are competitors. We know. But, I mean, I think there's going to be – Obviously, some groups are a little bit easier. I think the Celtics probably have an easy route in their group. But you look at East A, Philly, Cleveland, Atlanta, Indiana, Detroit. Obviously, they're you know probably been on the downfall the past few years, but they've been drafting well. That group could be competitive, but I think this is something new, and I think this is possibly something that could rub off maybe on other leagues as well. I I, I think that it'll be interesting to see what veteran teams do with this. I mean, yeah. can't you see? Greg Popovich at some point <laughs> not playing certain yeah. guys because could be some load management you in this know, one, and I don't think that's what they want. Yeah, I could think they, they they want to see you know obviously when you're adding something like this you want to see it obviously pay off and be competitive, but when you factor in veteran players you know you got to take that into account. But we move to the track because NASCAR is heading to the ATL this weekend after the street race experience last weekend in Chicago. In the final round of qualifying, Kevin Harvick won his farewell tour, currently in pole position, but Eric Almarola able to beat his lap time by a whole tenth of a second to move into that top spot. Then comes the waiting game. Ryan Blaney, the Coke 600 champ, on Almarola's heels, but the driver in that number 10 is able to breathe a sigh of relief while watching on, and there you have it. Eric Almarola leading the field to green tomorrow in the Quaker State 400. This is a racetrack we have brought a lot of speed to um, since they repaved it. So uh, we've led laps here uh, every single time that we've been here and just things haven't gone our way and we've not been able to cap it off with a win. But this is certainly a place where we've, we know we can win. Uh, we're confident. We have fast race cars. We brought a fast race car here this weekend. We qualified on the pole. So uh, now we got to put the whole race together. It's Almirola's fifth career pole, and we're going night racing in Atlanta tomorrow. The green flag dropping at 7.20 p.m. All righty, a trio of Charlotte 49ers hope to hear their names called in the upcoming MLB draft. They join the show next. And maybe one of them will be a future Brave. The Braves back in Tampa Bay with their ace on the mound. We've got those highlights just ahead. And we said we're going to have quite the debate earlier. We're not kidding. The chicken sandwich war decided right here 
on CSL. You won't want to miss who's going to take that top spot. That's coming up later in Quick 6. We've got more Charlotte Sports Live right after this. Back here on CSL, and you got to like the Braves' odds with this guy on the mound, Spencer Strider, getting the start tonight in Tampa Bay. Top four, and it's that man, Murphy, Sean Murphy, with a three-run blast. 25th straight game with a home run for Atlanta. They've been hitting dingers like no one else. They lead it 4-0. That's still the score when Strider's night comes to an end. Strider going six and a third with four hits, no runs allowed, and 11 punchouts. The Braves get it done, 6-1 to one over the Rays. All right, Triple-A action. Knights trying to snap a five-game losing streak tonight against Jacksonville. They added to their 5-0 lead in the second. Lenin Sosa with a shot to left. That made it 6-0, Charlotte. Now, the Shrimp would rally. In fact, they had the lead in the eighth, but Evan Skaug takes it back with the go-ahead home run. Knights finally in the win column. An 11-8 victory over the Jumbo Shrimp. Well, the college baseball season is come and gone, but next up for those guys, the MLB Draft, which takes place tomorrow. Yeah, and late last month, Major League Baseball held its second annual MLB Draft Combine, which gave us a look at the top 350 players in the country, which included some local talent, Mike. Oh, absolutely about that. Charlotte's Jake Cunningham, Cameron Fisher, and Wyatt Cutapool all participated in the Combine held at the end of the month at Chase Field in Phoenix. Utapool led the 49ers in strikeouts this past season, with 129 of them, including a mid-season performance in which he punched out a record 17 batters in a complete game effort. Cam Fisher, meanwhile, Charlotte's first ever six-time All-American, led the team with a 348 batting average. He led the nation in home runs uh, with 30 of them in the regular season. Meanwhile, Jake Cunningham was hailed as one of the top performers of the Combine by MLB.com's Jake Callis, who said that Cunningham has some of the best all-around tools in the college class and is well above average in raw power and speed. Yesterday, Grace Grill caught up with the Niners about what the whole experience and process has been like. Well, the 2023 MLB Draft is coming up this weekend. The Draft Combine took place at the end of last month. 350 top players in the country, and we have three of them with us today. Jake Cunningham, Cam Fisher, and Wyatt Hudewell out of UNC Charlotte. Fellas, thanks for joining the show. Jake, we'll start with you because you were highly praised coming out of the Combine. Just You want to start with what was that experience like? Sure, yeah, it was a lot of fun just being around all the top players in the country, and it was great that we had three guys attend that event. It was a super fun time out there in Phoenix, and I'm glad we had some great representation from Charlotte there as well. Jake Callis of MLB.com said that you had probably one of the best overall tools in power and just raw speed. Did you read any of the write-ups coming out of the draft? I read a couple of them. Um, it, was, it was cool to get some praise like that especially after the start of the season I had with the ankle injury and everything like that. So it was good to, to get out there and show what I can do on the field and just have fun out there. Um, it was really cool. And all those write-ups and, and things are, are really special after the adversity I went through this year. All right, Wyatt, I'll toss this one to you. What was the, what was the experience like for you as a pitcher going into the Combine? Yeah, for me, it was fun. I was able to watch and enjoy uh, Cam and Jake hitting. And uh, I just sat with Coach Woodard and watched um, them do their thing. Uh, since I threw a lot this year, I just kind of enjoyed the moment and just relished it all in because I was just happy to be there with the guys. Now, you all have eligibility left. And I know COVID kind of gave you guys some extra eligibility. But what's the thought process here? Like, is there a chance you would return to Charlotte? Or is it if you get drafted, you guys are going? 
I think it's one day at a time. Right now, I think we're enjoying, what is it, Friday today? Just enjoy the time with your family at home and uh, see what happens and go from there. But there, I think mean, we have a good backfall, I guess, if the draft doesn't work out to go back to Charlotte, um, put on the uniform again. All right, Cam, how about you? Draft experience, what was it like for you just being out there in Phoenix with your guys? You know, it was really cool. Uh, I, I think me, Wyatt, and Jake would all say the same thing. Like, we got to reconnect with some guys that, like, maybe we hadn't seen since, you know, high school summer ball. And, you know, just back in the day, you get to connect with guys that you wouldn't usually connect with. And it was just like a – I mean, Jake and Wyatt know, too. I'm a pretty big talker and know a lot of people. So it was a really good kind of experience to go out and see some guys I hadn't seen in a while and then just kind of, you know, take in the environment, take in the people you're around, kind of the big names you get to see. Like, it was just kind of a – Honestly, like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Well, the last time we talked, you guys were getting ready to go into regionals. You guys had a great season at Charlotte. Cam, you led the nation in regular season home runs. You had said to me earlier before you went to regionals that this was about you guys putting Charlotte on the map. What can you take away from the season now and what you guys were able to do with getting Charlotte's name out there? Well, you know, and that was the thing. Um, I don't think we've arrived, but we've definitely kicked out another door that this program hasn't seen. And, you know... The way that Coach Woodard and Coach Bick and everybody involved with this program is, you know, sending this program, like, the direction we're going in is very positive. And, and you know, you can't get there all at once. You can't, you know, there's got to be some obstacles, obviously. But, like, there's a bunch of great things happening in this program. And I think we surprised a lot of people this year. I think there's a lot of things that we did this year that a lot of people didn't expect us to do. And I think we're, we're one step closer. All right, guys. Well, we wish you luck, and we appreciate the time, and uh, we hope to hear your name called, too, this weekend. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, still ahead on CSL, former WCW wrestler Brad Kane, better known oh. as Lodi, must have nine lives, three serious neck surgeries, and now most recently a heart attack. You won't believe how close he was to not making it. That is coming up. And history was made today in Detroit. Three Tigers pitchers, including starter Matt Manning, combined for a no-hitter. We debate how much that should be celebrated. That's coming up next on Quick 6. A former WCW wrestler is lucky to be alive after suffering a heart attack following a match last month in Mooresville. Brad Kane, better known as Lodi, started feeling serious discomfort on his way home to Charlotte. Rather than pull over the Hugo drove himself all the way to a hospital where he was told he needed a triple bypass surgery. However, during the operation, doctors discovered two additional arteries that needed to be worked on. Kane, who owns a wrestling school as Matthews, is now on the mend and very thankful to see another day. I know now that I am probably the wealthiest person I've ever meet when it comes to friends and people who love him because I just had an outpouring of friends from high school, kids from my youth group, my friends and family, just I've been overwhelmed and it's been very humbling that that many people will take the time to come by or to care or send food or whatever the case may be. Uh, Kane has been wrestling for 28 years. Coming up tomorrow, we'll tell you if he's officially retired or if the wheels are in motion for another comeback. Pro wrestling has seen some speedy stars over the years, but they have gotten nothing, nothing. <laughs> on our fastest segment in the show. Quick Six is back. Grace is back. Gabe never left. Put two minutes on the clock, and let's do it. All right, Grace, when will Charlotte FC finally end their winless streak? 
Mm, that's a tough one, but I'm going to go next game. They got, what, Montreal, which they drew a couple weeks ago, and as far as point standings, they're right there. Would have been nice to get one over one of the top seed in New York, fellas, but here we go. The game Montreal, on the road too. next one. Yeah. That's a good one. Game, high school football teams, they're already gearing up for the yeah. next season. Who's your dark horse to win the title this year? Oh, I would say a team like a Mallard Creek. I mean, they've been, obviously they had a three-peat a few years ago, but they've kind of been just, you know, somewhere in the middle of the pack. I think this year, Kennedy Tinsley does a great job over there. I think that could be a team in the mix. And don't sleep on Myers Park. On their fifth coach in five years, Chris James doing some good things. We're actually going to check in with him coming up next week. I think they could be in the mix as well, too. It's a good one. Grace, Spurs top pick Victor Wembanyama said he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know what he was doing in his summer league debut. Is that a concern to you? Uh, yeah, because you were drafted to play basketball, and that's kind of the thing you're known for. And if you, I mean, it's summer league. It's summer league. It's not like you, it was even the finals. Like, just go out there and throw up some shots. Yes, that you, is so concerning. He threw up a lot of shots. He missed a lot of shots, too. Uh, NBA game, speaking of that, we talked about it before. They're adding a mid-season yeah. tournament. We already have that in soccer, but do you think we'll see that in maybe like baseball or hockey next? I think baseball we could see it in at some point. Like some something maybe in the summertime, I would think, would be. I just think it's something interesting. I think it's something, too, that kind of gets the guys a little bit more competitive, can get more fans involved. I think if we see it in baseball, I think they could definitely pull it off. Hockey might be a little tough, but I think baseball could do it. Grace, Tigers had a combined no-hitter today. Do you think the apathy toward that feat is fair? Because it was the Tigers, yes. Right? <laughs> like, they deserve all the praise because this is, as our producer John said, this is the best thing that they will do in they've, they've done in the past three years. But, yeah, it's just not as impressive as one guy. All right, Gabe, at the buzzer, Bojangles officially turned 45 today. In your opinion, do they have the best chicken sandwich in the game? I know I'm here in the Carolinas. I know it started here, but they do not. I have to swear by my Louisiana roots. I can't let my people down. Popeyes still has the best chicken sandwich. It's, if we're talking fast food, it's Popeyes. I've seen the lines at Popeyes back home. It's insane when that sandwich came out. And when they left and came back, I think Popeyes gets that top spot for me. What about not fast food? If you want not fast food, Bossy Beulahs would be up there for me, but Summer Bird. That is fast food. Sa- I wouldn't call it fast food. You can go down and, you can Guys, go in and sit down. Yeah, we do have to get out of the show at oh, some okay. point. We do. And we, we'll <laughs> go on social media. We'll keep the debate going. We'll have a taste test soon. No debating this. Team USA, the best at flag football this weekend here in Charlotte. They won gold, both the men's and women's team in the international competition at UNC Charlotte. Concord native Madison Fulford, who we spotlighted her on the week, had a great game scoring four touchdowns in a 26-21 win over Mexico. Our QC crowns are next. And if you haven't listened to Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast yet, you're missing out. So scan the code on your screen right now, tap the button that pops up, and subscribe. You can hear all about our Charlotte sports and maybe our food debates as well. Get all your Charlotte sports news and chatter in the palm of your hand any day of the week with CSL, the podcast. And tonight, Gabe is wearing a silver yes. suit number. I'm in blue. Yeah, you got you to visualize. That's gotta what I'm you, I'm, I'm waving my hands around yeah. right now. I'm doing the play-by-play. That's how you do it's, it. It's crown time. Yeah, it is. Time to hand out the highest honor in Charlotte. At least it's what we think. Mike, you're up first with the crowns. <laughs> what you got? Oh, uh, my crown tonight going on one of the most iconic female athletes of our time. U.S. soccer star Megan Rapino calling it quits. She announced today she'll retire from the game at the end of the year. Rapino, of course, a two-time World Cup winner. She will compete in the event one more time this summer.
Nah, salute to her. Definitely one of the goats of the game of all sports as well. My crown going out to Charlotte's very own Cravant Charleston. The Malachry grad is your new U.S. 100-meter champion. Going up against world champions Noah Lyles and Christian Coleman, the Malachry grad clocked a time of 9.95 seconds to win the gold. He's now the first man to win the U.S. 100-meter final without a major shoe sponsor since 2012. In Charleston, he never made an NCAA or U.S. final before last night. And now he's heading to the World Championships, which are next month in Budapest. So huge congrats to him on getting that done. My apologies to Grace Grill. I wasn't aware of how much time we had left in the show. <laughs> if you're curious about what her favorite chicken sandwich was, it's Chick-fil-A. It is. Mine is the now defunct Chick King from Burger King. You're going to die on that. That was like a brick of chicken. It you're going to die on that thing. deal. He wants that to come back. Obviously, you know, we know you want Charlotte Sports Live to come back. And the good thing, it is tomorrow night at 1030. We'll do it again tomorrow night. Good night.